The podcast is back. The podcast is back. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Just Another Why Guys podcast. I'm Dustin Jones. Happy to have you along for the ride one more time. So, uh, in previous seasons of JogPod, we have done uh, the cocktail hour. And for season three, we're bringing it back. So, this is the first of uh, the cocktail hour episodes that we'll do this season. And I am joined by um, a, a very close friend of mine, a, uh, a drinking buddy, and someone that I spend a lot of time with down here in Houston. We, we always have a good time. And uh, we're going to tell some uh, drinking stories and some of the fun times that we've had together. And just kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's really basically two guys uh, recording a conversation that they would normally have uh, just sitting around drinking. Um, and so that's what today's episode is going to be about. I will say, um, probably don't want to have this plane uh, in public or uh, in a vehicle where children could be listening. Definitely, uh, I mean, <laughs> how often really is Jogpod uh, children appropriate? But this one probably more so. Uh, Marty, uh, Marty Bennett is uh, my guest uh, on, on this week's episode. And... Uh, He's lived an interesting life, and we're going to get into uh, to, to some fun topics, I think. So I really hope you enjoy uh, this, the first installment of the Cocktail Hour for Season 3 of Just Another White Guys Podcast, and we're going to get it going right after this. I mean, what better way to spend a Sunday afternoon than uh, recording a cocktail hour with my special guest, Marty Bennett? Hey, welcome to the Jogpod Studio, sir. Hey, thanks for having me. It's a are great you, day. Are, are well, you, well, except for uh, <laughs> as much you know. as I can be with my my team losing today. So, man, your your, your team is just struggling. I don't want to. So, for those of you tuning in, this is Marty. He's a big Texans fan. In fact. His uh, Twitter handle is literally biggest Texans fan, and in fact, I you know what we're gonna go full disclosure right off the top of the bat because this is uh, this is an episode of the cocktail hour. We are both uh, enjoying uh, some vodka. Cheers, my friend. That's easy. Ching, ching. Yeah, ching. So um, let's go full disclosure to start off. All right, I'm good. Before I moved down to Houston, but while I was following you on Twitter. There were a couple of football seasons where I actually muted you on Twitter because I couldn't take it anymore. I, I can believe that. And and it's not that I don't respect your fandom. It's just that like I didn't really need to see seventy five tweets during the game about uh, about how uh, the play calling was terrible and how everything was wrong and you know the, how the refs the refs were magically always against you. That's every fan though. We know. No, that. I know. But but I understand because I. I will tweet probably two, maybe three times a day, and then the game comes on, and it's 125 tweets. Right. And it's not you. My girlfriend has muted me on <laughs> on Twitter on Sundays. I, everybody has, so I get it. And I have had tweets that have 
done pretty well. And for the most part, they're just me venting most of the time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that you know, hey, that's Twitter. That's I mean, that's really what it's there for. Yeah. Is for you to, you know, say things that no one actually really wants to hear for the most part. I have like 500 Twitter followers, and I think I interact with about seven of them. And I'm one of them? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I always tell people Twitter is my, my way to say what I want to say, and most of my family isn't following me on Twitter, so right. they don't see it on Facebook. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I put random stuff out there where... My mind works in most different ways than most people. Right. And, I, can, I can vouch for that. And I am not near as talented or as comedic as Robin Williams, but I get where he's coming from with the, your brain is always clicking and always going and always thinking of things, and that's right. how I am. And Twitter's my outlet for that. So, you know, in fact, if, if you, we're going to talk about it, I have a tweet today. Yeah. Today would, would have been my mom's 68th birthday. Okay. And the tweet basically said, you know, in honor of my mom's 68th birthday... This is the thought I've had, of, I've had of her today. I don't think she ever saw the irony every time she called me a son of a bitch. Because she was calling herself a bitch. And she never got it. And that's just my mind how it thinks randomly. And I just right. kind of just put that stuff out there. And some people get offended. Some people think I'm hilarious. I've had one person tell me they love my stuff, but they can't like it because if people at church see they liked it, then they're going to get in trouble. So, And that, to me, was like one of the greatest compliments. I'm like, yeah. So... And and one of our mutual likes uh, with Ralphie May, right? Um, Discussed w- many times on this program. Yes, the, uh, rest in peace. Yes, very much so. Um, I would. My favorite thing to do after I DJed on the weekends, I, I would DJ at, at different places. Um, but I worked at a resort for four years. Would be to go in on Sunday morning when everybody's going to church or coming from church at Starbucks, and wear my shirt that said, "I'm more stone than a biblical whore." <laughs> And I would get the worst looks and have maybe laugh inside so much. So I have that weird kind of sick sense of humor, you know, but yeah, that's it, why we work well together. Exactly. <laughs> we, 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 we work well off of each other. It also happened. It, it helps that we both love to drink. Yes. Uh, we both enjoy uh, taking shots. Of, uh, uh, yes. The fireball was flying last night, by the way. Oh yeah. I, saw so, the, I got the text. I so saw. we, uh, uh, new friends that uh, Nikki has found. Nikki props to Nikki. Over the last few years, hasn't has struggled to find a place where she felt like she belonged. She's discovered through this podcast that uh, she really enjoys a group called Murderinos, and that's actually really helped her um, find some people that she's connected with, and that's awesome. And and that's where we're meeting all these new people. And so we went out to karaoke last night, and uh, two of the two of the people that uh, are joining us uh, on these the last couple times. Uh, are Wendy and Adam, and Adam also really likes Fireball. Adam also is bald. Hey. Adam also has a beard. Adam also usually wears shorts and flip flops. So he literally could be like your cousin or well, hey, related to you in some way. I like to be relaxed. And and if you know if my daytime job when I'm doing my real stuff is I'm in these high end houses programming. Right. I have to wear nice clothes and all that stuff. So when you see me outside of that, I'm usually trying to like veg as much as I possibly can comfortably because most of the time during the week I'm not. So. Hey, I I completely understand because I wear basketball shorts as often as I possibly can, and even at times I shouldn't because you know. I, I, it's 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 so hot and swampy down in this fuck. I don't understand how people live down here. Well, I and I do basketball shorts around the house, but I have this weird thing that 
because I own my own business and I grew up in a small town, I always feel like people are going to see me and they know right. who I am and I always have to be presentable. Yeah. So coming over to your house today, yeah, it's basketball shorts and a dry fit shirt. But most of the time, even then it's like polos and a nice shirt. I mean, yeah. uh, yeah, cargos and a nice shirt or something. Yeah, no, that, just so now that I think about it, pretty much every time that we've gone anywhere or gone out somewhere, you've worn like a polo shirt and like nicer shorts and yeah yeah know. either nice shorts or jeans depending upon coming from work or not so yeah, yeah nice jeans so. you gotta keep it you gotta keep it uh you gotta keep it together well i try i think it's part of the military media though too so right so uh this is our first uh cocktail hour of season three of jog pod so one of the things that we do when we do uh the cocktail hours we talk about what we're drinking so right now we are both drinking the same thing it's a drink i like to call the blackout it's a drink that i discovered Jeez, uh, like 10, 11 years ago. Um, it's it's very simple. It's a lot of ice, it's vodka, and it's apple juice. And it's very smooth, actually. Now, I know yeah. you made yours a little strong, but... I'm, well, you know. But, I, 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 but you're know, trying to get over last night. Well... Karaoke and... Here's the thing. <laughs> last night, I, this morning, when I woke up, I, I don't feel bad at all. Like, uh, I think, honestly... It's because I've spent a lot more time drinking the last week than I had recently, so my body's just a little bit well, more used to it. you took a month off. You took a month off, I right? did take a month yeah. off, but um, since my birthday, uh, my drinking has kicked up. Now, I did, mm-hmm. I did go almost a week because I've decided that in a couple podcasts back, um, I discussed some struggles that I've had with uh, some of mental health stuff, and I was having a bad week. Um, I have made a commitment to myself that if I'm feeling down or depressed that I won't drink, I won't use alcohol as a coping mechanism for being depressed. So when I was down, I didn't drink that whole week, but since then I've bounced back. I feel really good. So I've been enjoying, I've been enjoying some cocktails and, uh, yeah, and having a good time. That's a good rule. Cause, uh, I probably should have taken that rule up when I was in that state. And, um, and that's actually what got me to drinking actually was, was getting in that state. And I had really like, you know, four years in the Navy. Yeah. I was n- never like drunk anywhere in the world. I was always the guy that had to drive the officers around because right. I was the sober guy all the time. They knew I wouldn't drink. And then I had kids and that was the end of that. <laughs> 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 but, but I hear you like, um, you know, I, I went through it real hard when I went through the divorce and you know, I drank a little bit, but now it's like the only time I really drink heavy is when I'm trying to, you know, deal with my back pain and right. you've been through that too where you've dealt with pain and trying to just yep. numb it and i'm not a big pill taker i don't like to take the stuff they prescribe me and yep. the nerve nerve numbers and all the stuff they give me so that's just kind of what i do plus and i think this is one of the reasons you and i click so well together is that when we drink we're fun like mm-hmm. we don't get angry we don't get competitive uh, I mean, we as do long get, as i don't do drink get, whiskey if i drink get, whiskey i'm in trouble now I, do, I was gonna say we don't get competitive that's not true because when we get when we get together we do tend to get competitive with the amount that we drink but we um oh that is i've never thought about that but you're exactly right oh although i, nikki, I gotta nikki points it out all the time she's like you fucking guys are gonna go drink together and it turns into a fucking pissing contest because you both start going shot for shot with each other, and it always ends poorly. Maybe, maybe. And then sometimes you come home, and Marty comes with you, and Marty has a plate of spaghetti, and you walk out without any clothes on. Speaking of, I left your barbecue <laughs> at the house. I was going to bring you some of the barbecue. You're going to bring me? Oh, I left it. Yeah, it's so much, and I forgot it. I'm sorry. I was just such in a rush to get here make sure I was on time. But the first, that's a side, the side first, note. The one person in Houston that worries about being on time. That yeah. is definitely the military. The military is in me on yeah, that. for sure. Now, I want to clarify. I did say a whiskey makes me angry, not fireball. 
something different about Fireball, but if I drink Jack or Jim or whatever. It's got like, that cinnamon. And the thing is, the first night I ever had it, it was me and the girl I was there at the time was 4'11 and weighed 80 pounds, Ooh. and we did a fifth between us in two hours. <laughs> and I really didn't like it for a long time, but I learned... After that night, it wasn't that night, but it was after that night. Anytime I drink whiskey, ooh, yeah. it's a bad deal. I so when I first started getting into drinking, okay, when when I first started got in, got, jeez, I can't even talk. When I first got into drinking, my thing was to drink Jim Beam, and I drank. I mean, I would drink a lot of Jim Beam. Um, it it was an impressive amount. Like we would start having parties, and we would be oh. Hey, look at that magical uh, hey. shot of fireball in front of us. Magically this, appeared uh, in front of you. This, this next segment of uh, the Jog Pod <laughs> Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Fireball. Fireball Cheers, whiskey. Cheers, my friend. Because, oh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of you when I I'm, left the house. That's why I forgot the barbecue. <laughs> I was like, I got to make sure we grab alcohol. So it's a cocktail hour. I, I've never taken a shot out of something like this. So this is going to be The little weird. mini bottles? Yeah, I don't I usually pour it like a, you know, yeah. like a gentleman, you know? We, we got this for a joke at the wedding I did last weekend. I left oh, really? them at the house, and so now they're yours. That's funny. That's Here great. So, uh, who should we who should we uh, toast to? Um, I have. A, uh, I, you know what? Let's let's cheers this to Ralphie. Uh, yes, because he has one of the best fireball jokes ever. Yes, which he does. Is, uh, the, if you ever want to have a really good uh, time with a lady, feed her five or six fireball shots. Then when you wake up in the morning and you go down and give her oral sex, you'll be it'll taste like French, French toast. French toast. So Bre- cheers to you, my friend. Cheers to yep, and breakfast in All bed right. tomorrow. Breakfast in bed. <laughs> Oh, the burn. Oh, it burns. That's the good stuff. Oh, it burns. What I love about Fireball is when you take the first shot and you have the burn in your mouth and like 45 seconds later, that hits your stomach yeah. and you know it's about to be a fun night. So, so we'll, we'll touch on the burn thing. So when I was in high school, we went sledding. Up on the mountain. And there it is. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's hitting right now. It's, right this, now. This is what's making me think of this, is that we went to go sled, and someone bought a, brought a bottle of peppermint schnapps. And they're like, here, this will help keep you warm. They're like, so just take a, you don't take, don't take a big shot. We're not, go, we're not doing it to get drunk, but you get cold, take a little shot, and it'll fill, you'll feel a warmness inside of you. So that's, that's, that's the first thing I think of when, when that hits you. And so... Whew. Yeah, that's good. Right, right back on right back on the train. Right back on the train. All right, so let's go back to what we're talking about. Okay. We're competitive. We are competitive. When we drink. Yes. What's the most you've ever done in one night? And dear God, so, don't say it was with me, because I'll feel bad. No, I don't think so if we're just talking like shots, on my twenty fifth birthday, I did twenty five shots. Ooh. Over like a six hour period. Yeah, it's right there with me, actually. So, yeah, it was a lot. And then I got challenged. Um, my Shout-out to my buddy Travis Inwards um, back, back in Minnesota. We uh, were having an after-bar party at his house, as we often did. And in Minnesota, there's a lot of houses where you have the house, you'll have a backyard, and then you'll have a detached garage behind. Mm-hmm. So the detached garage was where we'd go hang out and drink. He had a stash of cheap liquor that he had picked up. You know, you go to the liquor store and they have a bargain bin. You know, here's a bottle of pucker that's going to expire 
And Pucker, so it's, man, it's $2.50. There's some 20-year-old 20, 20 <laughs> drinking right there. Exactly. <laughs> so after we'd had that night of drinking, we go back to the after party, and my stepbrother bets me $50 that I won't chug a bottle of strawberry pucker. Oh, my god! And you want to talk about the competitiveness. My stepbrother, Lauren, and I, we had some bad competitive. We would get, you know, a lot of, and a lot of times it was we'd be drinking and doing po- playing poker and stuff like that and our competitive stuff. You and I are good competitive together. Him and I, not good Evil. competitive. Evil. Because <laughs> he has a personality that's – he has a very uh, cutting – and he's funny, but also he is very – what's the right word to describe him? Aggressive? I, I don't know how to describe, it. but it's he has a he the way he acts when he gets really really drunk gets under my skin and he knows it so he likes to push my buttons so we would we would get competitive like that but so he challenged me to 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 drink this bottle of pucker and I do it that ended my night poorly I can imagine yeah so I think that's probably that's definitely. Probably yeah, that's probably the most I've ever drank. Now I will I will preface this, and I'll go two stories here with you as far as most alcohol. When I came home, I lived in North Carolina for five years. I came home for my birthday. My brother had never seen me drunk. Yeah. So he tried to get me as plastered as he could, and he gave me an oil slick, which is Goldschlager and Jaeger in one shot. Oh. And he gave them to me back to back. Oh. And it was horrible. And I didn't puke. Nice. Then he gave me something called a cement mixer. Yeah. And I know it had Bailey's in it and lime juice. And when you mix them, it clumps in your mouth. Okay. And I drank it. And my response was, give me another. And he did. And I didn't puke. And he gave up. He was puking at the end of the night, but I wasn't. So I don't know how many shots I did the night because I didn't keep count because I didn't realize that's what I was getting into. The one I did keep, uh, keep count on. And we, I know. So the fireball just kicked in. Can you no, tell? No, yeah, for, for that for sure. But so I just did a quick Google search, just so anyone who's who's listening wants to know exactly what a cement mixer is. Oh yes, okay. A cement mixer is a shot. It consists of one part of Bailey's Irish cream and one part lime juice. The drink is traditionally ingested by taking the shot of Bailey's, holding it in the mouth, then sipping the lime juice and mixing both liquids either by swirling them around in the mouth or shaking the head. So if you've ever, if you've ever like drank out of the jug of milk and it's sour and it's clumpy, that's what it was like. Just not without the sour taste. Okay. So it was that bad. And I did. And I asked for a second. That's how drunk I was, but I didn't keep count that night. So I can tell you my record that I know of. I have always carried Yetis or Tervis cups before Yetis came around. I had four 30-ounce Yetis of vodka tonic with lime Yep. while doing 27 Jaeger bombs. And if we're – earlier you said full disclosure. I was DJing at a nudist resort when I do this. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't get naked, but everybody else was. But after 27 Jaeger bombs and four 30-ounce vodka tonic and limes, I had to go find my pants the next morning. (laughs) I also also broke my necklace. Hold on. I also broke my necklace. I had to go find my necklace, and um, when I woke up the next morning, and this is why I know my family was a bunch of alcoholics on my right. dad's side, I drank so much and felt cleansed, not hungover, which yep. is a very scary thing 
when you do that much alcohol and the next morning you're like, God, I feel so good. Like, which is why I now drink a lot. <laughs> because- Honestly, that's how I felt this morning. Because I, I drank a decent amount last night, but I started, so I had, I made a blackout right after I ate before we got in the lift and I drank that probably quicker than I should have. We got in the lift, went to the bar, ordered a pitcher of beer. So I was drinking Love Street. And then I switched over to uh, Hans Pilsner, which was a little hoppier and it was it was nice. And then we would mix in the occasional shot. But um, yeah. I don't see, that's know. the one thing I can't do. I can't do beer. No, I love I'm, beer. See, I just like the one thing. And beer, gonna, this is going to sound. Beer happened for me later in life, though. I didn't really start drinking beer probably. Until I was, well, I guess probably 25 or 26 is when I started drinking beer. Because I, I started drinking, I, I had my first like shot of tequila when I was 14. Wow. Holy cow. <laughs> See, I, I can honestly say I didn't. I can, so I can remember, um, I can remember as a little kid, my, my grandparents would always try to put beer in my cup. or my, mm-hmm. And I think that's why I don't like it because they got me at such a young age. Yeah. Like I, I've even had pictures of beer in my bottle and I just think that's why I didn't like it. And this is going to sound really pansy of me. Um, the only beer I really drink is angry orchard, which is that's not apple beer. cider, that's which apple is not beer. I know that, <laughs> but it's like, it's the only thing because when I'm like, you want a beer and I'm at a place that's all beer. I'm like, give me an angry orchard. You pansy. Cause that's what I'm going to have. Oh Cause my God. but, but again, I drink Jaeger and fireball. That's true. And, and also, as you know, as you've seen my tweets, of, kind of girly. Well, kind of, but as if you've seen from my tweets, and if you want to go look, you can. My traditional way to do shots in a night at my house—I don't do this in public as much because I know how I get—but I will do a fireball followed right behind a Jaeger bomb at home, yeah. and that's how I drink all night. Right. So it's not like I'm just doing like little sippy Malibu and pineapples or something, which is actually something I do too, but right. on a really light night. But when you do fireball and Jaeger bomb back to back. It's something to behold. But see, that's how I got started on Jaegerbaum was DJing at the nudist resort. Yeah. Because you get the alcohol thin in your blood, but the Red Bull energizing you, and you're going all night. And when you got to look at a bunch of 50, 60-year-old naked people, you got to do something you to entertain gotta, yourself. You got to do something to keep yourself going. <laughs> so we, let's, we'll talk more about drinking as, as we go on. As we go on. But you, In the cocktail gotta, hour, you, 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 sponsored by Fireball. Spon- right. <laughs> this episode of the cocktail hour brought to you by Fireball. It's uh, cinnamon whiskey for... Now, uh, now, you do that. Did you know I used to work in radio? No. I used to work in radio. My uh, One of my first jobs when I moved out to the country to help my grandfather take care of the place, I worked at a small town radio station. Yep. This is how crazy this was. And if you want to look it up, it still happens to this day, Columbus, Texas. 5.30 to 6.30 is polka hour. Oh, nice. So I would get out of school. I would go there, get set up for the day. At 5 o'clock, they do the local news. Yep. And then it's 5.30 to 6.30 polka hour. If that doesn't drive you crazy, try waking up at 5.15 a.m. to be at the radio station at 6 for three hours of polka on Ooh. Sunday. Hold on. Followed by two and a half hours of church services. Wow. <laughs> So that's where I started in radio. And then I went to another That's where radio. I would have started drinking. 
Yeah, you would think, right? <laughs> um, and then I went to another radio station, and then I worked in Houston uh, at KRB, and then I went to Chicago and worked with Mancow. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, Mancow Mortens. Uh, yeah, yep. I know who Mancow is. Um, I went to San Diego, and I worked at a radio station for a small time, and then I went to Norfolk with two guys that were uh, Tommy and Rumble, and uh, worked for them. Uh, I did the overnight shift and then produced for them for their show. Nice. So I did a lot of radio, but... A lot of the stuff I did, I did kind of behind the scenes producing yep. or writing comedic sketches and stuff like that, um, or writing like um, parody songs. Yeah. So I'm kind of used to this kind of media. Yeah. But this is a whole different avenue for me now with podcasts because I was so used to live radio. Yeah. And the first time they tell you at KRB, yeah, you have the potential of 1.4 million people hearing you. <laughs> Little daunting <laughs> at 19 years old. Like yeah, it's a no, I, uh, for so. sure. So I get it. I get it. And, and I, I would, I would say that I, I didn't travel around and, and do that much in radio, but uh, I did. But basically, all the stuff I did in radio was like behind the scenes stuff. So, I well, I'd done it in the high school. Yeah. So when I was in the navy, I kind of moonlighted in right. radio just to make extra cash. Nice. So, yeah, it was fun. They would they would work with me with my deployments and things like that. So, well, let's go back because uh, you talked about doing Jaeger to get through uh, your DJ nights. Mm-hmm. What, what's it like to DJ at a nudist resort? Because I think you get people when they think of, oh, you work at a nudist resort. It just must be hot chicks and good-looking dudes for miles. But the reality of a nudist resort, I've been to a, a nudist uh, or a nude-friendly resort in Oregon um, when I was younger, my dad and my stepmom went to the hot this hot springs place, and there would be people that were not wearing clothes. And I never saw a single person there that I would would have wanted to see naked. So, well, and and what I tell people is is that first off, this place is near College Station, right? So on a normal weekend, it was what you would expect, not things you really want to look at all the time. However, those people that were there, it was, it was not cheap to go there. We'll put it that way. Okay. So a lot of them were plastic surgery and had things tucked and nipped and filled and whatever. So it wasn't all that bad. Okay. Okay. Then on the holiday weekends, you might get a few of the college kids from College Station. All the people that were in their early 30s would show up, some of their 20s. There were guys that looked like they should be bodybuilders on the front of GQ magazine. And there were people that were old enough to be my great grandparents. So it was a very mixed group on the holiday weekends. And I always tell people the first weekend that I ever worked there, I got asked to come in and, and see what was going on the day before. And I had done computer work for them. So it wasn't a big deal. And I'd seen maybe three or four people that were nude while doing computer work during the week. The first day I showed up to DJ at the pool, there was 500 people. Holy shit. And the first person I met was my son's seventh grade math teacher. Wow. So needless to say, open house the next year was not fun. <laughs> math teacher just dicks. Yeah, just because, dicks because again, small town. So Wait, she's the math. math. Oh, she, it was a lady. Yes. Okay. So not only was it the math teacher for him in seventh grade, but again, in eighth grade gotcha. at the open house and you pretend like you don't know each other. Right. Um, and what then, happens at the resort stays at the resort. Well, and more than you know, because when I was there, and at some, at one point my brother was bartending while I was there, which is just setups because they can't serve alcohol because it's full nudity, right? Right. 
So I'm not only the DJ and my brother, the bartender, but we're both the bouncers. We're both security. We're both checking people in if they get there late. We're both running gate remotes to people. So we were everything. Right. And I saw everything from like, I saw four fights the entire time I was there. The most memorable fight was this guy, uh, this couple that was there. He was about five foot two and she was six foot one and looked like. Wait, give everyone, give everyone a moment to contemplate that and just put, okay. so put that in your brain. Five the two. gentleman is five two. Probably the, weighed 105 pounds. The lady is six one. Six one and probably 200. And God damn. She was a Glamazon. That's what I, I refer to her as. Okay. Right. She looked like she could have been on WWE or something. All right. And who knows? I, maybe she was. Maybe she was. Uh, I'll actually tell you about. Well, probably I can't tell you that, actually. There was is a that, celebrity there is, once. Is that an off air? Okay. Well, look, I need an off. We'll talk about an off air story. story. Yeah. Maybe we can share the next I mean, time like we do this. 15 people are going to hear this. So, I mean, okay. You know. So, anyway, so I had heard stories about how he was kind of not very nice to her and stuff right. like that at the hot tub and different things. So, they had got into a little altercation and were asked to leave and they begged and begged and begged to stay. So they got to stay not by me, but by somebody else, by the person above me. And the next thing I hear is they're in a fight again. And I walk out the back door of the DJ booth and she is whooping his ass for real. (laughs) And I just turned around like I didn't see a thing. And when I got back to the booth, it was about 30 minutes. And she said that he left in their RV and she needed to ride back to her house. And I was like, well, that's the opposite direction of me. I can't do it. <laughs> so I don't know what happened to her, but I know she was whooping his ass for real. Like, wow. I'm talking like he was on the ground and she was knelt over him, just punching, like letting him, I think she finally had enough. Wow. But so I'd heard that she was like that. Uh, he was like that all weekend. Right. And apparently she reached her breaking point. So the, the other fight, and this, this is going to be a story you're going to love. And now I'm telling stories because I'm a little intoxicated. Yes. Story time. There was the resort drunk, and he was notorious for playing around with other women's wives, other men's wives, and things like that. And so, apparently, this woman wanted to have sex with him because her husband couldn't get it up. All right. So they did, and his response as the resort drunk was to walk up to him after they were done and say, hey, man, glad you got a limp dick. Thanks for letting me F your wife. Whoa. To which a fist fight started, and I just happened to be walking past to go get a drink, a Coke from the bar, and my brother jumped the bar and grabbed the one guy, and I grabbed the resort drunk guy, and I said, you can't say that, man. He goes, "Eh, it's okay. It's all good. Um, And he's also notorious for the probably one of the most infamous stories that I've ever had out there. Which was, he told me, as he came up to the bar, I was sitting at the bar talking to my brother on a slow night, and I, so he's on my left, my brother's on the right, and on the right of my brother is this guy's wife, and he walks up and goes, hey man, I was just, uh, I was just doing this girl in the ass, uh, <laughs> I don't know her name, but anyway, and I was like, what <laughs> is going on, and he, he I mean, he doesn't joke around about anything and he was serious. And his wife, of course, peered around my brother and I, and I was like, I got to go because I didn't (laughs) want to know what happened. But, uh, but he was, he was a character. Like I, I miss him dearly because, um, 
he had a heart, like he was at work and had a heart attack and, oh, and passed away. Nobody was there yet. He got there early to do paperwork. But that man, like he, he once told me, he said, Hey man, it's Sunday. Go have sex and scream the Lord's names. There's no better way to scream the Lord's name on a Sunday than having an orgasm. I'm like, man, you're going to get me shocked by lightning standing right here next to you at the pool. Are you kidding me? But just I'll tell you another a, story a, about him too. A philosopher. Yeah, but I'll tell you another story about him too, which was when I worked at the resort, I did a roast of him for his birthday. Oh wow! Okay, and he was huge, huge beer drinker. So we got done with the whole roast. It lasted about twenty minutes or so. Yeah. And I said, "Look, my brother and I wanted to give you a gift, and I had a big uh, red velvet uh, blanket or whatever you yeah. want to call it, like a big red velvet thing over this podium that I had. And when I pulled it off." It was 19 cases of Bud Light. Oh, nice. That was his birthday gift. And to the last time I saw him, he goes, man, my birthday roast is the best birthday I ever had. I'm like, because you got free beer. He goes, still, it was the best birthday. But yeah, so we had 19 cases of Bud Light for him. That, it, it, we bought out two entire stores to make a podium of beer for him. It was pretty Beautiful. cool. Beautiful. Well, I mean, if you think about it, if you had a birthday where someone gave you 19 cases of Fireball and Jägermeister... It would probably oh, be one God. of your best birthdays ever. That's going to be my funeral. That's how everybody's <laughs> going to toast me at the funeral. I told my kids, I don't care if I die tomorrow it's at 14 and 16. Y'all got to do a toast to daddy. That's how it's going to be. Everybody gets a Jaeger bomb at the funeral. That's how it's going to be. You're going to walk in. You don't get to get a rosary, but you get a Jaeger bomb. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, Tell me that wouldn't be fuck, a good. Fuck Hail Mary. Hail Jaeger. Hail Jaeger. That's right. I'm uh, I'm a terrible person for saying that. Remind me that I need to put a disclosure, a uh, parental warning, parental at the warning top at the of this uh, podcast to uh, just to make sure that any children that could be in the vicinity, you know. I've tried not to curse, but well, I don't know I if think, I have. <laughs> I think I think once you got uh, doing her in the ass, once we got to that, oh uh, yeah, probably so. Fine. Yeah, it's a podcast. I mean, we could swear. I mean, it's you know, it's it's noted as explicit on my. Uh, oh, is it? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, because I've I've heard of you. Can I tell you something about why I love your podcast? Sure, please do. This please, is please put me over. It makes me feel better. And about I'll, I'll even go write a review on your podcast. Yes. But I I literally have thought this while driving in my truck riding around. I know you have a good podcast because every time I listen to your podcast, there has been a moment at some point I wish I was sitting there to join that podcast. Right. So you talked about road trips with Stark. Yeah. And you, uh, the recent one with your sister, you had conversation and like all these things that like, I was like, man, I wish I could be there. Cause I have a great story for that. Right. So that's how I know you do good podcasts is because you had these moments where I go, I wish I was there, man. I wish I was there. And I, sometimes I wish I wasn't there drinking because the stories would get better like they are today. But that's why this is the cocktail hour, not the, the job. Oh, I appreciate that. I would say that's uh, probably the nicest thing anyone said about no, my No, I really podcast, do. I really I feel that. It. Like, I just wish, like, I was there sometimes and go, oh, man, he would love this story. Like, and, of course, now I can't think of any of them. <laughs> Fireball shot later. And, you so know. speaking of, you mentioned uh, my sister. And yes. that was the last podcast that we had. Just to update people, uh, her surgery went really well. Uh, everything looks good. Um, it was cancerous, but they believe it was all contained. So she did have a radical hysterectomy, but they believe that, uh, everything will be fine. She'll go and have some, uh, intermediate, you know, uh, uh, regular Follow-ups. checkups and, yeah. and, uh, she should be good to go. So yeah, that was very thankful for that. Now, even though I was disrespectful to you in a text about that whole podcast, <laughs> 
Yeah, you, you. I was like, dude, maybe you want to wait until like you've heard like more than the first ninety seconds of. Did, yeah. So to to fill everybody in real fast, he was talking about his sister and how much they get along and blah blah blah. And I sent him the thing that says, "Oh, the All Sweetheart Podcast," and he's like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> And about the time I got his text was about the time the word cancer came up on <laughs> surgery. And I went, well, that was the wrong time to send that text. So I kind of messed that up and we laughed about it later, thankfully, because yeah. some people would have got really mad at me. But Dustin knows Dude, me. Have I the- ever gotten really mad at you? Never. No. Because why? Because like, I mean, bring you fireball. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And, and to us. And, exactly. And here's the other thing. I don't have that many people that will drink with me, so I can't get mad at you. I need you to stick around. Oh, I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I'm going to be here for a long time. Uh, well, okay, so tell me, before we move away from working at the nudist resort, Okay, tell me... I know people always have questions, and if they, if they send you questions, I will do a follow-up podcast yeah, just to answer yeah, them. Yeah, definitely send questions. If, if you have questions about you want to know what happens at a nudist resort, definitely send them to... Uh, tweet them to me, at Dustin P. Jones on Twitter, or at Jogpod. Or you can send them uh, an email to me. It's jogpod at gmail.com. So if you have questions for Marty, we'll definitely do more podcasts. We'll definitely. Because I can tell you, we've breezed through 35 minutes of a podcast already. We are doing more podcasts. Oh, definitely. Yeah, we'll so, do more. Do more. Wh- All right, so what's your question? I don't have a question, oh. but what I want you tell me the craziest thing that you can remember that you would be allowed to share on on a podcast right now about a night that happened there? Uh, that's easy because it's the anytime anybody asks me that, it's the easiest answer in the world. Because I was not only the DJ, but security and all that kind of stuff. Outside the club, we had a pool and a hot tub. So I walked out one night to the pool area just to make sure, because there are rules, you're not supposed to do anything in public. Uh, there was a special house for this called the Miller House. And, okay, so here's a, here's a great thing about this. So I'll sidetrack this for a second and come back to it. In the Miller house, there were a number of queen-size beds. One, two, three, four, five beds. That's a, that's a house you don't take a black light into. Yes, for sure. But they also had a sex swing. Nice. Because um, what Miller house doesn't have a sex yeah, swing? Yeah, exactly, right? Um, and, and all this stuff. So, uh, and it was the Miller house because the Millers actually lived there until they donated it to the property to gotcha. do that. So you can't have sex public. So, anyway, so back to the story. I walked out to the pool and there was a lady there. Um, can I use an alternative name? Her name was uh, Big Joan. Big we'll Joan. call her Big Joan. Okay? okay. And when I walked out there, Big Joan had a arm in her three quarters of the way to her elbow. What? On the side of the pool, to which I have to say, y'all know you're not supposed to be doing that and had to turn around and walk away so I didn't puke. <laughs> so she was almost elbow deep. Working someone like a puppet? Yes. Holy shit. And the funny thing was, was that I, and this is going to be bad for a podcast because it's not video, but I called her T-Rex. Right. And the reason was, was because she was so big that she had to walk with bent knees (laughs) and hunched over. And when she walked, she didn't left foot, right foot, her leg kicked out and around and out and around like a (laughs) T-Rex. So... It was one of those things where I said that to somebody Uh, once in a drunken state out loud and everybody knew about it within 24 hours. And that was her name for the rest of life. So Big Joan became known as T-Rex, even though her nickname probably should have been Elbow, but it wasn't. (laughs) 
That shout was out, the, shout out to Big John. Shout out to Big John. Big, cheers, yeah. cheers to Big John. I, I haven't been there in six years, but I still think I've been Big John way too much. <laughs> I'm not sure what that says about you, sir. Right? So the other thing I'll tell you about there is that when they had a, a place for me to stay if I drank too much, so right. I wouldn't drive home. And it was a little loft. Uh, it was a little building built on still. It's kind of like a beach house. But there was no bathroom. My bathroom was in the Miller house. Oh, Jesus. So the fortunate thing was, was that from my stairs down to the Miller house, it was a direct shot in the back door to the bathroom. But a lot of times there were things going on in the bathroom <laughs> or you would open the door, especially on busy weekends. Right. And I don't even know what was going on in the rooms to my right when I walked in the back door. But the smell alone let me know I didn't want to go find out. Oh my God. Yeah. You know that after sex smell? Yeah. That kind of uh, smell? Well, imagine that time six or seven. Yeah. Like, I always thought the most underpaid person, no matter how much they got paid, was the cleaning lady that came the next morning, because God knows what she came across. Oh. It was... So, yeah. Shout out to the real heroes. Yeah, to the real heroes. I mean, God bless our firemen and our policemen and our military, but shout out to the cleaning ladies at the... Uh, yes. Shout out to the cleaning ladies at uh, at the uh, nudist resorts and to the jizz moppers at the... There uh, you go. At, at the, the tug, strip club. At yeah. the tug booth. <laughs> so. But I have a lot of stories like that, um, but those, those two are always like just like whatever happened out there. Like I said, there was one celebrity I saw out there. Um... And it was is this a, like if you said the name, like people would oh, be like, Oh, really? everybody would know who it is. Okay. Yes. And so that's one of those things like I'm not really supposed to tell. But if you like some big bearded guys who were on TV making duck calls, it would be one of them. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Because when people told me it was one of them, I was like, uh-uh. And I had to go look. I was like, Wait, uh-huh. you mean those good Christian uh, yes. responsible Republican yes. kind of people? Yes. Hmm. Oh. Hmm. I can't imagine. Um. So, Hypocrites. And, and through my, yep, and through my, that's why I don't go to church, actually, mm-hmm. is because of that. Because I've always found that the biggest voices in the churches I've been to are always the biggest ones that are doing other things. Yeah. So, um, I had to go see if it was who they said it was. And then when I realized it was, then I went and, of course, used Google to double right. check to make sure, like, because I wasn't even drinking that night, but I had to double check. Like, oh, it was. Because I was, I was exactly, I'm like, aren't they the Christian people? Like, yeah. On TV? Nope. So don't always don't always believe the prayer at the end of the TV show because it's not always what you think wow. it is. Wow. So, breaking news breaking here on news. the Jogpod. I'm going to be on TMZ tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, the thing that's going to pop my podcast and get more viewers and listens and downloads. But I I mean there was everybody out there like if if you there were congressmen and there were this and there were that and all these I mean there were people worth millions and millions of dollars and there were you know average everyday people but what do you think the number one profession is for females at a nudist resort females at a nudist resort number one uh massage therapists you would no that's a good guess though that's the first time i've ever heard that i actually gave you a clue earlier you ready okay school teachers shit so they're just repressing all that shit yes. all day long. They just all day long with those like, five year olds. They got to go be with a bunch of adults. Yep. So yeah. Just so like schools, the school bell rings, the freak flag flies up the pole. And then, and then the second resort I worked at, it was nurses. Okay. But that was kind of a newer resort. So I don't know how it's going to shape is up. How, at, is that how you met your nurse? No, 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 no. Actually. Okay. So you talk about us meeting on Twitter. Right. Her and I actually met through a game of words with friends. 
Nice. Yeah, yeah. You gotta think Random, I, randomly yeah. we met, and then a whole bunch of us got a page on Facebook, and we all uh, started talking that way. We met up at a beach house, like a big party of 20 of us all met at a beach house, and then... I was married. She was married. She went through a divorce. I went through a divorce. Blah blah blah. And somehow we ended up together. So, and then you but made not your, at a nudist then, resort. Then Let me to, clarify then you went that. To real your fast. own Miller house. Miller house. Miller house. Now my house is just the Miller house. Now it's the Miller house. <laughs> Legally changed my what name. Is, what does she? What does she call it? It's is a happy. She hashtags a bunch of shit. Uh, happy, ah, don't do Happy that. band of something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. I don't want to put her out like that. Don't do that. What? I don't want people finding her because of this podcast. Well, <laughs> I'm going to get in a lot of they, trouble. All they would do is click on your name and be like, oh, this is who it is. Yeah, you're right. I'm I mean, <laughs> all right, we got to unpublish this podcast as of today. No, I'm just uh, kidding. This uh, is the, so are you telling me we just did 40 look, minutes for look, nothing? No, we do 40 minutes of podcast, and yet I'm worried about what happened mm-hmm. on a podcast, not at a nudist resort. So we're all good. It was one of the funniest things I've ever been told, too, is that, you know, you worked here for four years at a nudist resort, which is two years longer than any other employee ever, and you never took your clothes off once. And I'm like, if you would have told me I was ever going to work at a nudist resort, I was so conservative and so not like that. Yeah. And how your life evolves into stuff like that, happenstance, like uh-huh. I would have never believed that I would have done that stuff. And now here I am talking about it on a podcast with you and so. The, world, the way the world works. The world is a strange place, sir. Donald, that it is. Donald Trump is in the White House, and you're talking about nudist resort stories on a podcast that 17 people are going to listen and to. And see, that's what's so funny about our friendship, is we are so polar opposites on so many issues, and here we are drinking and having a blast. Well, I mean, you know. It's because, here's this the thing. This is how we can all get along, just exactly. drink. Well, and it's not just that, but it's also that we're reasonable and like we could have a conversation have a disagreement and then move on well and i think that's the problem with it is that and also you know that i'm right and so that just well is fine. and i will tell you look i'll be the first one to tell you there is so much wrong with both parties and both things oh, and everything sure. but i think that's the whole problem is that is that we are so stuck in you're red or blue you're this or yeah. that you're gay or not or you're this or that and i think the problem is, is that like you and i we're gonna have a discussion about it most people won't have the discussion about it. They'll just go, oh, screw your thoughts. And that's it. Yeah. And we just sit there and we talk about it. And we're like, I see your point a lot of times. And a lot of times when you and I talk about it, I see your point and I get your point. 90% of the time, I agree with your point. I, you know, I don't always agree with what I, be- what, what my, what, I don't want to say my side because that sounds so divisive. Right. But what my side is saying, I don't always agree with them. Yeah. Like I think they're idiots half the time. But at the same time, I'm like, well, this side is not much better doing this X, Y, and Z. And that's why, you know, I've tried to get away from all that. I've tried so hard in the last two years to get away from all that. Because since the election, I just realized it's just bringing me down. And it was making me so angry that I had to stop watching CNN and MSNBC and Fox News. Because I would literally watch Fox News and then turn to channel CNN and see the same story in 180 degree light. Yeah. And I just don't like that. Yeah. Like I just want the facts. Just give me the facts. If there was some news network that gave me facts and see here's I'd be in. Here's here's the difference between you and a lot of people is that you are willing to accept new evidence and reframe your opinion based on 100%. new evidence, new evidence presented to you. So many people now doesn't it does not matter what evidence is presented to them. They already have the narrative in their brain, and that's what they're doing. If they could, you know, they're 
their mother could be shot right in front of them and they could be told this person did it and then be presented with a picture of someone else doing it and be like, nope, I already believe that that person did it. I can't. I My brain is not capable of accepting new information and changing and, an opinion. And I grew up in a very conservative house. And first off, working at a nudist resort right. would not have been accepted. And, you know, I grew up in a house where, you know, oh, gay marriage, that is not supposed to happen, blah, blah, blah. My parents evolved and I evolved. And like, I will tell you straight up, one of my best friends is a lesbian. And we talk every day and, you know, prayers to all them because they're in North Carolina right now going through all the, the Hurricane Florence and stuff. And I've checked on her every day. And, you know, she, God forgive her, knows all my secrets. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, I will, and you know this as well as anybody, I'm a little to the right. Right. But I think gay, gay marriage should be legal because, you know, why do we have to be miserable? They get to be miserable too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, but well, maybe not, but uh, there's, there's a little, little truth to that, a right? A little truth to that, but, um, but I believe in that and I believe that everybody should have equal treatment and equal fairness and stuff. And then there's just some things I think that are just ratings driven. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of truth to some things that are said. Yeah. So, you know, I, I know I'm a little bit to the right and a part of that is my military in me. Sure. But I know there is so much that I'm on the left on too that I kind of see myself down the middle, but I know I can, I can look at something and go whether it's right or wrong. Yeah. And there are so many stuff that I see that, you know, yeah, I'm partial to the right that they are doing so wrong. Yeah. Well, and, and, that's, I, and, that's I, another... and that's why we get along is because we both can go, I see your point. It's not what I believe, but I see your point. Right. And that's why I think we get along so well. And at the end of the day, like, you have to come to a compromise for the greater good. Like always. If, if it's always about if we don't if if we don't get everything that we want, then it's a loss. Then we will fail. Oh, I agree, a hundred percent. And that just seems we continue to track down that same way. Let's get let's, past that. Let's yeah. talk. Let's not talk about politics anymore. Yep. Because I, I mean we're we're in the way we're on the way here. We're almost we're I'm getting close to the bottom here, which means we're going to be close to wrapping up this episode of the cocktail okay. hour. But before we go. Should have brought the forty ounce yeti. <laughs> <laughs> but see, we're leaving we're leaving plenty of runway for future podcasts. For future podcasts. Okay. You you mentioned that um, that you were in the military. Yes. Uh, and you joined the navy. What made you decide to join the navy? Um. Okay. So back to full disclosure. Um. My parents and I had a disagreement of ways mm-hmm. at eighteen, nineteen years old. I never had a curfew as a kid. Yeah. And they told me as long as I was in at home by 8, 9 o'clock, I could skip school the next day. But if I stayed out till 11, I couldn't. And then at some point at 18, after graduating high school and I got like my first kind of real girlfriend and was staying out late, they tried to implement a curfew after 18. And it didn't work real well with me. So we had this big fight to the point they that... Pulled, they pulled the, as long as you're under this roof, you're going to follow yeah, our rules sort of thing. After I didn't have a curfew my whole life. Right. So we got into this thing that literally led to the cops escorting me out of my house. And I lived in a homeless shelter in downtown Houston for nine months. Fuck, really? There's a story you don't know. So Star of Hope Mission in downtown Houston. I lived there for nine months. Um, and then I went to a teenage uh, homeless shelter or adolescent home shelter, I guess is what they right. actually called it. It was for uh, 16 to 23 year olds. And I went there and got my first apartment. But in the process of all that, I got into the military. So. Huh. I had everything happen to me from living with a bunch of 50, 60-year-old Vietnam vets at the time 
to being downtown waiting for the bus to go home and having a gun put in my face for my shoes. Like everything in between. So you want to know why you go in the military? That would be a good reason why. Because you're living in a homeless shelter at 18 years old. Like yeah. no crap. So um, I have always said I respect my parents for doing what they did because it made me make the right choices in life. Yeah, It was a hard road. Uh, a lot of things happened in that time. But it was a hard road. But I got there. But it's like I tell people all the time. I can tell you the day that I grew up in the military and it was a friend of mine was taking her roommate, these two girls, she was taking her roommate the next day and needed my car cause she didn't have a car. And I said, okay, I was out with a bunch of friends. And again, I was the designated driver in the Navy. So we were all out at Denny's while they were all drunk and I was driving them home. And as I'm sitting in the Denny's, I see this girl go past in, in a car, in her car, at about 80 miles an hour through an intersection. And I was like, well, she's drunk. Yeah. So when I got back to the base, I asked this girl, I'm like, you know, she's out partying tonight. She goes, well, maybe you can take me in the morning. I said, okay. I took her to an abortion clinic and I didn't know how I felt about abortion. So I'm like immediately like calling my mom and you know, what, I don't know what to do. She goes, just whatever she wants, just drive her. That you're the driver. It doesn't matter what you feel about right. it. Just do it. So when we got done and I took her back, I found out that if something had happened to her medically and there was a life or death decision, she put my name down to make the decision. Oh, Hold on, it gets better. And didn't know my first name because in the military, we all go by last names. Right. And they asked her back there, well, who's in charge of your Bennett? Well, what's, what's his first name? I don't know. And literally when I got told this, I have been put in charge of an 18-year-old girl's life at 20, because I went in the military two years after high school. Right. At 20 years old, I've been put in charge of a girl's life who doesn't know my first name. You talk about an immediate, like, let's grow up and become an adult yeah, moment. Sure. That was it for me. And I tell people all the time, I knew immediately that my life changed and I became an adult at that point. What year did you graduate from high school? 93. Okay. So you're a little bit older than me. Yeah, like five years, I think, because yeah. you're 38, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm 43. But I went in at 20. I didn't go out. I, I was never a military kid. Yeah. I had super good grades in high school and I was supposed to go to college and all that stuff. Right. I had a radio job at 17 when I started. And mind you, in 1990, you know, 1991 or two, when gas was 45 cents a gallon, yeah. I was making 10, 50 an hour. I was making good money. Why For am sure. I going to go to college? And then I got kicked out and lived in a homeless shelter. And yeah. See, so, that's, that's what I'm like. I hear a story like that, and I realize, like, just how fucking easy my life has been. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, because I, I get into these head spaces where I'm like, oh, man, I just had, like, a tough life, and, like, things were just so hard. But I'm like, not really. I mean. Yeah, I tell. I, tell I had, you. like, I had inconveniences. You had a hard life. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that, that, that section of your life, for sure. Well, and that's what I tell my kids all the time. Like, if, if I can go from a homeless shelter to owning my own business, right? you guys got it easy. Stop complaining. You don't have your cell phone for a week because you didn't get good grades. Yeah. Like, we didn't have cell phones when I was a kid. Or if they did, they were mounted in your car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I didn't There was up. a reason they were called car phones. Yeah. So, I didn't get that luxury, but I tell them all the time, like, you know... Listen, my dad had, had my I had a gun have, in my face. What do you guys want? Like, come on. My dad had my dad did have one of those phones in a bag though. That was my first car phone was it was mounted in the car. You had to and, you had to like reach back into the back mirror and put the little antenna thing up Well, and when we bought the, the car it was already in it oh, okay. and we got it activated for us. 
but it was in a pouch that was like 18 inches by 12 inches and it was mounted on the the middle console of yeah. my mom's Audi that she bought. And so it was the first car phone we ever had, the first cell phone I ever had. And then speaking of the Navy, the first cell phone I ever had in my name, I didn't understand how all that worked because, of course, that was back when it was free nights and weekends right. and you paid 20 cents a minute or whatever. Yep. My first cell phone bill was $2,100 in the Navy. Because <laughs> I had this girlfriend. I thought I was like, all oh, like, shit. you know, talking to all the time. And, um, and so, yeah. So, okay. So, speaking of the Navy, here's okay. another thing. You talked about it with Stark. What's okay. the longest road trip you've ever been on continuous? So, I've done, I have done uh, Bartlesville, Oklahoma to Albany, Oregon, which Ooh. is uh, 29. What is it? It's 28 and a half hours, I think. Mm. And it, we did it twice. So when I was in Norfolk in, in the Navy, I had a girl that, okay, here you go. You want some old school reference? AOL Instant Messenger. Okay, so. I used to talk to girls on AOL. I met it. I, okay, real quick. Yeah, go ahead. I, I have a girl that I am friends with on Instagram that I met on AOL Instant Messenger. And so, we've, she just was still in my... I've had the same phone number for 15 years. Dang. So, like, and I don't change, I rarely delete anyone out of my phone. I'm the same. Because I just have the number. Like, unless. We're dropping fireballs. Yeah, Things dropping are getting fireballs. serious. I, I, you know, unless it's someone that. Because here's the thing. I'm a, I'm a Leo. Mm -hmm. So I have, I don't cut people out of my life generally unless they really, really fuck me over. That's how I am. So I'm not a Leo, so. So generally, I just keep, like, I have a random, like, phone number. Like, I have phone numbers from, like, when I was in radio of, like, like uh, do you know Bob Ryan, who's a columnist? Yes. Uh, for the, I have yeah, Bob the Ryan's, guy that's on, Bob, um. He's on uh, Around uh, the Horn. Around the Horn, yeah. I have Bob yeah. Ryan's phone number. I have, I had a phone number for Dana White, and, like, I just, like, I, and I keep, I just keep them, like, because someone gave it to me, I put it in there, you never know, whatever. And so this person from AOL Instant Messenger was still in my phone book, and it was like telling me, "Hey, did you want to add this person as a friend?" And I was like, "Okay, whatever." But yeah, AOL, yeah, I'm familiar with. AOL. So, so I met this girl. She was going to school at Coe College in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Long way away. I would go see her at minimum of once a month, from Norfolk to Cedar Rapids, Iowa. 25 hours straight through, I would make the drive at least once a month and probably twice a month as much as I could. And of all the times I ever went to see her and stuff, only one time did I not make it to her, her dorm. And the one time that I didn't, I was eight miles outside of Cedar Rapids. And I had to stop at the park, the, uh, the rest area that they have on the side of the road. And I literally couldn't drive the last eight miles. She had to come pick me up and we went and got my car the next day. <laughs> like that's how bad it was. But it, I think it was one of those where I went like twice or third, three times that month, and it just had caught up to me. Oh. Eight minutes I couldn't drive. Wow. But I was making 25-hour nonstop trips. And let me tell you, I gave Taco Bell more money on road trips <laughs> during that stuff than anything you can imagine. Yeah, so the, so this so – I just did a quick Google search. So from Bartlesville to Albany, which is where my mom lived at the time, it's 29 hours. So it's 29. 1,953 miles. Okay, so while you're doing that, so tell me what Cedar Rapids to Norfolk goes. Because, like I said, we we saw each other a lot. Now she lived; she was from Liberty, Missouri, which is a suburb of Kansas City. 
And I'd make that drive like Christmas or whatever. Right. But Cedar Rapids, Iowa was where I drove to like 95% of the time. And it was a haul. So, so, so you said 1,900 miles from Bartlesville to Oregon. Yeah. So this says uh, from Norfolk, Virginia to Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 1,106 miles is 16 hours. God, why was it taking me so long? Well, so when was this? 96. There's 96 a good chance there's a good chance that there's portions of like West Virginia stuff that didn't have completed interstates. Oh, no joke. Let me tell you about that. So I know yeah, cuz they cuz Where is where is University of West Virginia at? It's in Morgantown. Morgantown. Have yep. you ever seen Morgantown? Uh just like on TV watching. I know. Okay, so let me tell you about driving through Morgantown. And I had to stop on the on the freeway once to make sure I saw what I saw. Right. In Morgantown, it's built in a valley between the mountains. Yep. So you see the plane come over the last mountain and dive down to make the airport and then land and the plane's taking off or doing the same thing. They come up and immediately like do like a F-14 straight up thing almost <laughs> to get over the mountain. Right. It is the scariest thing I think I've ever seen. What's the scariest airport you've ever been in? Like, like take off or landing. Because I'll tell you mine while you think about it. I went I, to El Paso. I haven't, I haven't been in a ton of airports. Okay. So. I went to El Paso. And as I'm on the runway, out my left, I'm sitting on the left side of the plane, out the left window, I can see the mountain to which we turn toward. And it's literally at the end of the runway. And as we take off, the plane gets up off the ground and immediately banks hard right to miss the the mountain. It's the scariest thing I've ever seen because I know I'm flying toward a mountain. Right. I don't know what happened in the 26-hour flight I did from Norfolk to Italy when I met my ship in the Navy. Because I took Sudafed NyQuil because I don't like to fly. Right. That was the scariest thing I've ever been through in my life. Because it, I would knew I was literally flying toward this mountain that they had to bank hard to miss. That's that's not a good thought to no. really like fly I, with. I landed. I have landed in the second highest elevation airport in the world, which was in Quito, Ecuador. It's Ooh. at like eighty nine hundred feet or something like that. Because Quito sits way the fuck up. That was, I don't really remember it being an issue. I don't remember it being really scary, though. Well, that scared me as looks. Now, the scariest thing I've ever been through was I flew from Chicago to Denver to home for Christmas one year while I was in uh, school in the Navy. Yeah. And as we're flying into Denver to to catch our connecting flight, the plane drops. My girlfriend at the time passes out. Other people are passed out. And the pilot comes on and says, well, we had to drop 500 feet to make the runway. What? <laughs> like, don't tell me that. But, like, it was such a heavy drop, like yeah. you're on a roller coaster, but an extreme amount of distance. The kind of drop that they do that in a movie. That people were passing out on the plane. It's the kind of drop yes. they do in a movie to get the feeling of weightlessness. And I don't – I tell people all the time, now, if you really want to go to school, there used to be something here in Houston called Astroworld, which was a Six Flags theme park. They had something called a skyscraper, and it was 13 stories, and they put you in a box and then dropped you. My stomach's still up there floating in the air somewhere at the old Astroworld site because I, I lost my stomach that day. And to this day, I can't deal with drops like that. How I didn't puke, I don't know, yeah. but she was passed out on me. I only, and I only know about Astroworld because uh, comedian Bill Hicks uh, was, doing, is, yeah. was doing a bit about uh, taking mushrooms. And how like you mushrooms are sacred, you should go to nature. And then he did like a character voice. He's like, yeah, I took a bunch of mushrooms and went to Astro World and had a really bad time. <laughs> oh, I never went that drunk either. This is the best part. He's like, oh, really bad. He goes, You're a moron. 
And that the way he says "you're a moron" is something that I've held on. Have to you ever been day. to a, a roller coaster drunk or high? No. I obviously no. I've never even tried. I've, okay, here's a disclaimer: since, I've never tried weed, so like I'm not I'm really lame. But I've never been on a roller coaster drunk either. I don't know how that'd be. No, I uh, no, because I'm real fat. So um, the last time I could actually fit on a roller coaster was like really before I. See, drank I don't even think lot. about that when I ask you questions like that. It yeah. just doesn't click in my head. I guess. Yeah, you just yeah. There's lots of things that I don't do because I'm fat. Did you see the Andre documentary? Yeah. How he had to pee on a plane. Yeah. That was the most amazing thing to me, speaking of you know, yeah, people's things, size and stuff. On the, on the list of things that I, I'm terrified of having to deal with is trying, on a to, flight? trying to go to the bathroom on an airplane. Yeah, the, international the, flights. I will, I've never, uh, let's see, so the international life flight. I, I know took, I so took a left turn there, I'm sorry. No, that's but right. I just, Who gives a shit? Okay. We're an hour into this thing. If people are still listening, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. You're, you're, uh, we're going to buy you a shot of yeah, fireball when we meet you in life <laughs> at Astroworld. If, if you've made it this far, you see us, we'll buy shots. Um, and just so you know, yes, we're out of drink. We, uh, so I, the international flights that I've taken, uh, I went from Miami to San Jose, Costa Rica, and that was pretty easy. And but but yeah, I mean, this, this, these are the things I think about. Yeah, I if I'm gonna get right before I get them, like I'll look and see like what time, like I know what time the boarding is. Ten minutes before, five minutes before I run, go to the bathroom. Well, I always do that. Sure. I don't care if it's a domestic flight for me hopping a flight yeah, to Vegas. That's exactly. I am. So I think I've been. In, I think I the actual last flight that I took was coming back from Vegas. No, coming back from Delaware at the family reunion, and I I went to the bathroom on that flight. Yeah. But that was because we ate lunch before, and I'm a real bad habit of drinking a lot of tea while I eat. Yeah. So that was the only reason I did that. Yeah, I rarely when I you know travel. What? Here's a when, bad, I tra- when I travel, I rarely eat or drink anything. Here's a bad thing that I will recommend never to anybody. Even if you're not from Texas, you will understand this. Do not eat Mexican food in the Baltimore airport. Ugh. Because I made that mistake and had to go use the bathroom on the Southwest flight. It was horrid. I was like, why are we eating Mexican food in Baltimore? Let me, like, let mm. me Google search uh, flights that uh, Southwest had an emergency land due to. Uh, that was not me. Probably you. But I will tell you about that too. On the way back, for, no, this was from <laughs> Vegas. No wonder you fucking love this. Is how I ADD. You have a story. You have a story. I, have a story. Every, you, I do. You're one of those guys like, oh, I have a story about that. I do. And the it's funny great. thing is, is that I'm not one of those people that make them up because I know I've lived a really rich, full life. Yeah. Whether it's been in a homeless shelter, like I learned stuff, um, or you know whatever. So I was coming back from a flight from Vegas, and the window started leaking water into like the window where I'm sitting, right? Because yeah. I'm six foot three. So I'm sitting in the emergency exit where I have leg room and the water is pouring down the inside of the window. Mind you, after not one, but two Southwest windows have been sucked out of the plane. And then I got on a flight and I'm like freaking out. And of course my girlfriend's like, it's normal. It's condensation. You okay. <laughs> you don't watch the news, baby girl. Every morning at 6am, I watch the news for an hour before I get on the road. And I've seen this happen right before I fly to Vegas. So I wait till everybody gets off the plane. I don't want anybody to freak out or whatever. And I tell the flight attendant, she goes, oh, that's not normal. Oh, thanks. Glad I lived. Can I get a free drink of one or something? As I'm going to need to, I'm going to go die. You want to know what the best thing is about, see another story. The best thing about my Vegas vacation was What's that? the day we left, it was Southwest Airlines birthday and it was free drinks on the planes. Oh, miracle. no joke. So beautiful. How great is that? And then people were giving us free drink coupons. They were like, well, we're not going to use them and they expire in two months here. 
Okay. Thank you. I was drunk before I got off the plane in Vegas, and then you get free drinks for gambling in Vegas. Speaking of drinking on a plane, me and my buddy Scott upgraded ourselves to first class when we flew from uh, Minneapolis to... We were going to Portland, but it was one of those things where we flew from Minneapolis to Phoenix to then fly up to Portland. So we upgrade... And I, sometimes I have this I have this compulsion about uh, being on time and not being late and not missing flights and sort of that. So I'll have I have trouble sleeping mm-hmm. before I travel because I'm afraid that someone not only will I not wake up but that no one else will wake up and like will miss my flight. So I didn't sleep at all the night before. So we upgrade, and you how you are afraid of drinking Jack because of what happens. Mm-hmm. My buddy Scotty lives to drink Jack Daniels. Oh, Lord. Loves it. So we're sitting in first class. And I have a couple screwdrivers and fall asleep. To me, the best way to fly, but go ahead. (laughs) So, yeah, no, it was fantastic. So I wake up as we're descending. You know how I know this story is going to get interesting because your voice just cracked starting to tell it. You said, solo when I wake up. I wake up. And I look over at the tray table next to him. Just his entire tray table is covered in empty Jack Daniels airplane bottles. Oh, no. Because my friend Scotty and I have, I'm guilty of doing the same thing. If we do any sort of upgrade or all-inclusive or a buffet or whatever, we're getting our fucking money's worth. And he'll do the math. He'll be like, okay, I paid X amount to upgrade. The value of these drinks is Y. How many do I need to drink to be of value to what I paid? Oh, Lord. And he, just, he tries to meet it. Just fucking covered in Jack Daniels. He drank every single Jack Daniels bottle that was on that plane. Wow. So, like, we started this whole thing about being competitive. He's yeah. competitive, but just with a check. Yeah, yeah. He wants to make sure he gets right. his money's worth. Well, in, well, no, we get competitive with each other. On the next cocktail. No, but I'm just saying that that's what he sounds like. He's, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. making sure, like, he's competitive with the, what the price was versus what it is kind of thing. Well, no, he no, he wants to make sure he's getting value. That's what I'm saying, if yeah. He's, he wants to make sure that the money that he spent was worth He Because he's like, well, let's upgrade because we get free drinks. Well, it's... The cost of the upgrade at the time was like sixty five bucks or 65 whatever. Sixty five bucks, so you got to get at least eighty dollars in alcohol. Right, yeah. exactly. And but Ugh. he and I also, he and I are actually way worse. See, if, had you gone to Vegas with us for Boys Weekend, you would have experienced it because he was there. And I wouldn't have lived. You <laughs> might have that. Well, here's the thing: I was in Vegas for a week, but I only probably was out three different times because I would get we got so fucked up every single time that I needed like a day and a half to. <laughs> okay, so have you ever puked drinking? <sighs> I have never involuntarily thrown up from alcohol. See, I, I told you about my brother and then my 27 Jaeger bombs. The only night I ever did it was maybe in the last year. I went up to see my brother in Austin. And my mistake was, is that I know when I drink, if I keep it to the same drink, I can drink as much as I want. Yep. I was alternating between fireball, Jaeger bombs and tequila. Oh. And the only time I've ever in my life puked 
but there is a picture of me hugging a trash can by everybody because they've never seen me do it. So everybody had to send me, text me the picture of me in the bed with the trash can, like literally like as my cuddle buddy in case I got drunk, uh, in case I puked again. But we were at a, we had gone to one place. We went to a second place and I remember getting there and I remember there was a volleyball court that I wanted to go play on. And the next round of shots came. I don't ever know if I ever played volleyball, um, but I do remember hanging out of the backseat of my F-150, right? puking my guts out in the parking lot. Oh, Lord. And the worst part is, is that, so again, I'm military, so I, I'm a disabled vet, and I have disabled vet plates, and I'm sitting in the front spot next to the front door, puking at the front door of the bar in Austin. Oh, so Lord. everybody saw me, which is way more embarrassing than just, I puked, which I never have. Then it was everybody in Austin that was at that bar saw me that night puking. Yeah, so. I've never, I've never involuntarily thrown up from drinking like where I was like, oh god, I got like a hangover. Like you make yourself up. puke? No, this it's only happened once. Oh, so there was a summer I used to, I used to be a blackjack dealer, and in Oregon? Uh, no, when I lived in Minnesota. Okay. Uh, so this was like 2002, and maybe 2003. My buddy Travis, who I mentioned earlier, yeah. he would, uh, at the beginning of the summer, he would go get a bartending job at this really nice golf resort as a part-time job. He would go and show up for the first day of orientation and then would tell the scheduling person, yeah, just don't put me on the schedule. What? Because he only wanted to be... He only wanted to have the employment so that he could get, he could play a discounted golf. Because if you're an employee, you could go out on the resort courses for uh, you, the employee could play for free, and you could bring up to three people with you, and they could pay. It was like you just had to rent a car. It was like fifteen bucks. Yeah, so And then they had a championship course that was one of like the top one hundred courses in America. You could play at four times a season and pay twenty five bucks a person. An eighteen hole round there was a hundred and fifty dollars. Holy god. Yeah. I would never play so, golf courses like that. Oh. Exactly. And I'm not but good so, at golf. I just like But so that's why course. that's why he would get this job there. Is so that he had all he all he he only went there to get his little employee ID so he'd have that for the summer. And then he never actually would bartend. <laughs> So, because he just he knew, own, he knew he knew one of the people there. So, um, so yeah, so we do that. Well, that summer, I had the the winter before, I had been drinking a shit ton of whiskey. I was drinking Jim Beam like it was going out of style, and I had gotten sick of drinking Jim Beam. So, in the summer, I decided to try something new, and I started drinking gin. And I discovered that I really enjoyed drinking gin and lemonade. So we had a party at Travis's house, and I decided that I would some. So I would buy the top so I buy the so I buy Bombay Sapphire, which is great gin. But I was so I was drinking a lot of gin and lemonade. So we're at the party, and I had this bottle of Sapphire, and I had brought a bunch of lemonade, and I mixed a big pitcher. Of oh, gin and man. lemonade. And I pounded the first pitcher. Mm. 
and like and then I made a second one. So then I'm starting. So so like, how much are we talking? Like half a bottle of gin, half uh, a fifth, quarter of a fifth, third of a fifth. What? Uh, it was probably it's a half lot of and half. It was a lot. I mean, I don't really remember how much. The problem was. <laughs> so you know, it was a good night. <laughs> exactly. The problem was though. It wasn't the alcohol so much that was the problem. It was the volume of liquid that I put in my stomach. My stomach just hurt so bad because it was so there was so much liquid in my body that I went. I was it was great because this is one of the few times the cops came. Oh, so I'm. (laughs) So it's it's always a story when the cops get called. So it's it's the summertime. We're out in the garage partying. I had gone around the corner and sat on the side of the garage. So I'm outside, just like, oh, God, my stomach hurts so bad. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, the only thing I think of is I got to make myself throw up. So I'm just jamming my fingers down my throat. I just, like, I got to get this out. And finally, it hit my gag reflex. And, like, I think I probably would be a really good porn star because my gag reflex took a really oh long time God. to hit. <laughs> uh, that's that's one for the highlight reel. There you go. Anyway, um, but so <laughs> I finally just, like, like five real good, like ooh, just like blasted a bunch out, and I'm sitting there, kind of just like, you know that feeling after you throw, just like, Ugh. no, like I don't actually. So, <laughs> just took so much out of me. Oh well, yeah, that yes. And so I'm sitting there, and I see headlights come down the back alley. I'm like, that's weird, and they kind of pull in behind one of the cars. I'm like, hmm. two brainered police officers. Oh lord! I'm like, hey officers, how's it going? Uh, we're fine. They just keep walking. They went up to the thing. I was like, are we being too loud? I'll go tell them to be quiet. (laughs) They're like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm just out here getting some fresh air. Okay. And then uh, they're like, yeah, we asked them to turn the music down. We just, you know, it's a little late in the evening. Maybe maybe tone it down a little bit. I'll I'll take care of it. You you have a good night. They're like, See, I've I've never well, obviously I've never made myself puke because I've only puked once. But what I don't understand is my girlfriend. Well, and she tries to keep up with me. Now, mind you, she's five seven, five eight, and she weighs like one hundred and twenty five, hundred thirty pounds. Man, you talk about you don't want to blast her out on Facebook. You're just giving out her stats. Come on now. So, well, five eight one twenty is pretty, I mean, pretty damn was, good. I'm doing. Five, 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 eight, 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 I'm six three and two forty. So if I've got five eight and one twenty, I'm doing really good for myself. So I don't give a shit. <laughs> so anyway. She's the only person I've ever met in life that will keep up with me and drink and she'll go to bed, not puke. She'll sleep six hours. She'll wake up, be up for two hours. And then go, I got to puke and get out of my system. I'm like, it's been eight hours. Like, <laughs> how is this going to help you now? And she does it and then swears up and down. She feels better. And I'm like, I don't mm. get that. I don't get puking eight hours after the concept, but. Well, I don't puke, so I don't know. I I've always so. thought Leslie was a little strange, so that just uh, solidifies well, it. We're all a little strange, exactly. <laughs> so it's uh, it's what is it? We're it's six ten on a Sunday night, and uh, one of our favorite places to go together uh, opens in about uh, forty five minutes. Do we need to continue this party somewhere Where's else? Where's that? Where's that? The uh, the uh, Colorado Sports Club. It doesn't open till seven on, on Sundays? Sundays. Yeah, they open at seven. Why so late? I don't know. Jesus. That doesn't even make sense to me. Are you sure about that? That's I'm on they, my phone. That's I looked what, it over there. That's what they said last night when I was there. They're like, hey, come back tomorrow come when back we, open tomorrow, at we open at 7. <laughs> I would have thought they would open at noon when they could serve alcohol. I don't know. I'm not, I mean, I'm not a strip. Listen, my, my aficionado of strip clubs happened, again, when I was in the Navy. 
And that was all Tijuana. Because you're about to drop more fireball. Relax. They're empty. I know. Tijuana was my aficionado days, and that's not really a good indication of what you should know about strip clubs because obviously they've changed in 22 years. But 23 years. But, you know, I've frequented a couple since then. Yep. They opened Sunday at 7 o'clock. And and here's the convenient part. They've all been with you. (laughs) What? Yeah. That's not true. You guys went to, oh, you've only, you've gone to ones without me, but they've all they've been ones that we already went to together. Well, the only one I've never been to with you has been the one downtown, and you that's because I went during the lunch buffet. And look, you and I have that in common. We will go for the food before we go we for the women. Now well, they had the a whole, prime rib buffet whole, for ten ninety five. What do you want from me? The whole reason <laughs> that we even went to the Colorado the first time was like, hey. They have a lunch special. You can get a cheeseburger, oh, yeah, cheeseburger fries, and a, fries beer and a beer for eight ninety nine. I'm like, hell yeah. And yes. let's let's back up to the podcast. I don't drink beer, so guess who got my free oh, beer? That's right. That's right. You did. Speaking of specials, what do they have on Sundays? Do I they know, have a Google Sunday special? I'm gonna have that cocktail. Can we do a podcast live from Colorado? Is that allowed? I mean, there's no uh, pictures. I don't know. There's no pictures. We could record it that way. Yeah, because we've never taken pictures there. Um, I have not. You've never taken a picture in there? No. But I will tell you that a, a mutual on, friend of ours. A, picture on Snapchat a mutual right friend of ours was taking a Snapchat video of a girl <laughs> on the stage until we had to tell her to stop. It was epic. Let's see. She's like, I don't see any food. I've specials. never been here before. Oh, I can't do that? Oh my bad. Oops. After she'd posted like six of them. Uh Sundays, doors open at seven. Five that is so weird. Five dollar drinks until uh nine o'clock. Oh, that well, we usually get that 22, twelve to seven. Twenty-two so. ounces of uh, ice cold uh, Michelob Ultra for four dollars. I want to go back to earlier the podcast. I can't go to Colorado because I'm here in basketball shorts and a dry fit shirt. They're not gonna sure let me can. in there. No, I'd have to go change. Dude, I went. I went in basketball shorts and uh, in my. I can't do it personally. Whether oh. whether they're allowed, I can't do it. I just okay. can't. I'll show up in a pair of cargos, but I can't. Like I can't do this. Huh. I feel very underdressed. Well. I'm a public. I'm just. I'm not gonna uh, lie. I I went. I may or may not have gone to a strip club when I was in Las Vegas, and the stripper told me to never come to a strip club ever again in jeans. Why? They didn't enjoy dancing on jeans. Huh. I've never. I don't know. Uh. I guess I. Okay. I got it. As, you know, friction hurts, man. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's true. You want, would you rather? Would you rather a guy was wearing like? Man, uh, now you're gonna have to have me carry a pair of extra shorts in case we have to go after work one day. <laughs> I'm gonna be getting half naked in the parking lot just to change clothes. I'm pretty sure you won't be the first person that's ever been half naked in the uh, in the parking lot. Well, after the story all, I heard today, I, all the way naked. After I heard the story today about what happened at the karaoke parking oh, lot, that was good a whole gracious. Story. <laughs> On that note, I guess we gotta we'll, call uh, the contact <laughs> cocktail hour off. <laughs> That's uh, I think we'll go ahead and call that a, we'll call that an episode. Yeah, and uh, we'll definitely do this again. Thank you for coming over and being live in studio. I think that anytime I can do a podcast with someone actually right across from me, I think it makes it uh, even better. We just did an hour and twenty minutes and it flew by. And it seemed so. like we just talked for like ten minutes about exactly. about the BS we normally talk about. Exactly. So. We all we all we really did is have a conversation that we would normally have, and, except we had put microphones in front of us and turned it on. Yeah, pretty in much. In fact, we talked less sports than we actually would. Normally. Yeah, normally do. Yeah, because we got on to other stories. So even though I diverted seventeen times, you're you're, you're a bit of a digressor. I am. It's my ADD. I'm sorry. It's all good. But listen, when I tell a story and I get three stories out of one, hey. 
it's a good podcast. Story time is. Uh, I, I'm always appreciative of someone that will come on and tell some good stories. So good deal. We'll wrap it up there. That's uh, this edition of the Cocktail Hour for Season 3. I hope uh, hope that you've enjoyed it. Once again, if you want to follow Marty uh, on uh, the Twitter machine, you can follow him. It's Biggest Texans Fan. Actually, without the S. Biggest Texan Fan. Oh, Biggest Texan Fan. My yep. apologies. No problem. Or is it? Or you can look up Battle Red Geek. Or Battle Red Geek, yeah. Yeah, fucking weirdo. Or you can find me. On uh, on the uh, the Twitter machine at Dustin P Jones. In fact, there's the thing going around where Twitter's asking people how they came up, how you came up with your name. I put uh, my first name, uh, something, and then uh, something that I do uh, varying times during the day, <laughs> and then my last name. <laughs> how did I miss that? No, I don't uh, know. I but really, the P just stands for Patrick. That's my middle name. Anyway, talk about digressing. Jesus Christ. Sidetrack. <laughs> That's it. We're gonna we're gonna get out of here. We're gonna go make some more drinks and see what kind of trouble we can get into on this Sunday evening. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. Once again, you can uh, now get the podcast directly on iTunes. Just search JogPod and you can subscribe right there. Please leave us a rating, a review, and a comment. If you could share the podcast, that would be awesome. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to listen uh, to this episode. Uh, cheers. Enjoy uh, enjoy your day. I'm Dustin Jones. Always protect the thoughtful. <laughs>